Well, well, I started off all wrong. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Live Your Part Pod, Live Your Greatness podcast. This is Frank Marco, and I'm actually really excited because I got an awesome friend here tonight from New Zealand. She's a close friend of mine, and um, she's actually she's an actress. She's a singer. She's a rapper, and she doesn't know this, but I don't know if this is even part of your title, but I'm making it part of your title. She's also a life and transformational coach because the stuff she does with kids is absolutely amazing. And I am very honored to, oh, and also an author now, <laughs> which is sweet. But I'm honored to introduce you to my dear friend, Miss Crystal Neho. Hey, Crystal, how's it going? Hey, Frank. <laughs> How's it Always going in uh, New Zealand today? It's good. It's been really hot. We've just kind of um, gone into summer at the moment. So we had a, quite of a nippy winter. So we're in summer. So it's getting hot. Really? Which means people are out. How mm. cold does it get there in the wintertime? Oh, actually, not really cold. We don't really go under minus three or four, usually. Does it snow there? Uh, yeah, in small parts of New Zealand. Up but in the not mountains. where I'm from. Yeah, like we've got um, around the Topol area and then some of our South Island that have got the big mountain ranges, then, yeah, they definitely snow. So we have to travel if we're going to the snow. But we get about 35 here in NZ in the summer. Yeah, that's pretty warm. And we've got like a very thin ozone layer, so you can get massively burnt here in New Zealand. Is it a dry heat or humid? Uh, both, but mainly humid. Oh, yeah, it's a bit of both. Okay, because New Zealand also, I thought they had snow because uh, Tom Cruise did a movie, The Last of the Samurai there. They yeah, built he a village up in your mountains there, right? Yeah, definitely. That's, uh, I think, yeah, I there see, are and I, didn't, I thought that was actually done in Japan, but I found out it was in New Zealand. <laughs> that was pretty cool. I think it's because we've got some really beautiful landscape here and it's quite cheap. Like I know a lot of people came to New Zealand to do movies because it was a lot cheaper than doing it in America. Right. And we do have some really beautiful um, scenery here. I'm going to make sure that we are public because, see, we're not. For some reason, Facebook switches it all, all the time. Oh. Um, edit privacy. We are now public. A friend of mine told me that. There we go. All these little tricks, tips, and like I know a lot of people came to New Zealand to do movies because it was a lot. There we go. I turned it down. That way yeah. I can see who comes on to see if we got any late bloomers here. And it's <laughs> only five o'clock where you're at or five thirty. Five thirty. And is it nearly twelve there? Yes, it is eleven thirty-four PM. Ah. And you're on Monday? I am on Monday and you are on Tuesday. You are in my future. I am your future. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's pretty cool because um, Dawn talks to her future every day because uh, she's no. from the Philippines. So she does video chats with her sister every day. And then we still have two kids over there. That oh, she, cool. Yeah. And one of them, she just turned 12 yesterday. Miss well, happy birthday. Bye, Mara. And by means uh, princess in their language. So our daughters start, we call them by princess. 
Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, and Dawn's actually Dawn's actually royalty. She her mom is royalty, and Dawn's actually a princess on paper. So, wow, that's pretty cool stuff. I'm I finally You've hooked married up a princess this. Princess Frank. Yeah, the, the mutt finally got hooked up. <laughs> <laughs> but love it. Yeah. So anyway, just for, so everybody knows our relationship. We both took a program called the KBB that Tony Robbins and Dean Graciasi put on back in 2019, I think, is when we both got involved in that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a while ago now, eh? And we have a lot in common, so it was not very hard for us to hook up and start chatting and, and getting to know each other and stuff. It's a huge circle of people that's in the thousands um, worldwide community and... Um, but it also led to other things for us. You know, it took us in different directions. I have now hooked up like with my business coach and other people. Uh, I'm in touch with women all over the world, which is really good because my program is about helping women get their message out to the world. So, uh, yeah. And, and we have a lot in common. Um, we both have been through serious traumas, um, abuse. And, uh, but we've also drug addiction, alcohol addictions. Uh, we both of the art of acting and singing and all kinds of, it's amazing how in tune our, to our lives are. And, yeah, uh, I mean, when, when we get together, I, I just get excited just to have a conversation and, and uh, yeah. catch up on what's been going on and stuff. So that's kind of what you decided you wanted to do tonight. Uh, I kind of mm. wanted to brag about you and you <laughs> you wanted to open it up to other things. So I thought maybe we'd just share some experience, strength and hope and how our journey's been lately. One thing I do, though, that's important to you that is also important to me, Crystal, is is not the abuse that we live through. It It's not the traumas. It's not any the addictions. It's the overcoming and getting to the other side of that and where we're at today and what we focus on instead of staying in the past. So what what are you doing right now? I mean, where has your journey taken you lately? Um, I think I'm on like a really, really beautiful journey at the moment. Like I'm reflecting on... You know, like you go through these stages in your life where you kind of start a new book and then, you know, you go through the chapters. I, I kind of look at my journey, like when we did the KBB program in 2019, I think it was like just one of the many catalysts that kind of kind of encouraged me to kind of get a bit more clarity around what I wanted to do in my life. And I was already, and as you were as well, we were already doing a lot of the pre-work and all a lot of the... And as you learn in the KBB program, it really is harnessing all of the knowledge that you have learned over your experiences through trauma, through studies, through um, your relationships. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of gave me a bit of clarity. And so I think both you and I have been on these mammoth journeys. 
Um, <laughs> I, since then, like, and it's been exciting for us to have these conversations. Like, I was, we talked about this in the Zoom. I think we had a, um, uh, we did, I did one of your podcasts earlier in the year, but we talked about like French, like, you remember that time? Because I'm a, I love singing, but I've always been very nervous. And I remember you said something, I was like, Frank, can I send you, you know, and so it's like really good to have like that kind of relationship where you can, you feel comfortable enough to be able to um, be able to share those little Just things. Just let it out. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> embarrassed to let it out for you, was I? <laughs> no, I love that because it was an Indi uh, uh, an Indian one, eh? Yeah, it was Native American singing Native that I've American, done for over 30 yeah. something years, but I just I remember getting on there because you were you're asking for some just some encouragement. And so I got on there and just blasted out a Native American song for you with my voice. And I'm thinking <laughs> it's no problem. You just just let it go. Who cares? Yeah. You know, you got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. <laughs> and then she sends me this tape of her voice. And it's like, oh, my God, maybe I shouldn't have sang. <laughs> this woman's voice comes from the clouds. It's 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 with the angels, man. She has a beautiful voice. But. You also discovered a new talent of yours. She's actually good at rapping. And I'm not, you know, I like some rap. Um, <laughs> but there's a lot of rap I don't like. I, I actually, this one um, one guy I, I've seen lately, I, I'm not sure if it's on Reels or in Facebook or something, but he's he's rapping, but he's, he's putting God in there and it's clean language. Ooh, and, love uh, it. You know, me and you on our journey have learned that language is huge on self-growth. Yeah, totally, totally and, agree. Yeah, and and as we've been waking up and becoming more conscious, um, we have taken a higher, a, a closer look at the way we self-talk and how to change that language so that we're we're not repeating our past. Because Absolutely. that's what you're doing. You're staying in the past by continuing to to develop the same messages right yeah I kind, I kind of you know we had a little conversation earlier before you asked me the question like where am I now um and then we were talking about it earlier today that when you become really conscious and really aware of yourself and your surrounding and how you feel about yourself how you perceive the world how you the words that we use the words that we think it really does awaken us. And I don't really like to say awaken us, but it actually really makes us really hypersensitive and hyper aware of how we speak to ourselves, who we allow to come into our lives, what we allow to be. And we kind of learn to filter a bit more, but I feel like the more conscious I've become of what's happening in my life, the more I've had to reevaluate, the more I've had to kind of um, reset. So I was like, man, I'm resetting a lot, but I have usually, I would only step outside my comfort zone on an average like maybe five to six times a week mm -hmm. this year i've been on all these personal challenges one's a year-long challenge and it's called passionately failing towards success and then i've got a hundred day oh, challenge that's so sweet. I'm on week i like that yeah so my i'm on week 44 of my year-long challenge and i do weekly blogs to document whether i'm doing that well since i've been doing this challenge i have literally been stepping outside of my comfort zone minimum 20 times a week where i'm just constantly putting myself in a state of shock like i'm like i don't want to do that too bad you have to or like i have to 
um, do things I don't want to do, but I know has a bigger outcome. I've had to do a lot of confronting, not only just with myself, but people. I've had to like make these massive changes and like put myself in really vulnerable and uncomfortable situations. But I would say because of that, it's had to make like nobody really... I mean, I think people do, but until you do something, you don't actually realize what it actually does for you. So it made me realize how much you then have to like know yourself and really reflect on how you're feeling because usually we take tiny steps. And so you've got a bit of time to kind of for like the dust to settle and then you walk off again. But if it's right. constantly like this, then you're like, oh, so you've got to learn how to ground yourself in the storm, which has been a really exciting journey. But I think the biggest part of what I've enjoyed about doing that is that I'm a year and a half ahead of where I would have been. Where oh, sorry, I'm a year and a half ahead than I would have been if I hadn't have done this challenge. I see, and I think you're even further than that. Um, for those of you that don't even know Crystal yet, you will get to know her. But explain the importance of these challenges because they are important, and they have literally transformed your life in the last couple of years, especially this Excellent. last year. I mean, <laughs> let people know my business coach is, is also done some of this lately and, oh, yeah. on his health and it's becoming more yeah. important to me. And yeah, uh, I love I've always been, Crystal, I've always been skinny my whole life. So just getting a little pot belly is I can't <laughs> understand how anybody can stand to be 300 pounds because just having my pot belly and my stomach being bloated. When I was tying my shoes, I felt like passing out. Yeah. And totally. I've been skinny my whole life. But when you're smoking two packs of cigarettes a day and drinking three pots of coffee, it's easy to stay skinny. <laughs> when I got rid of that, you know, um, things changed because I also didn't realize the food that we eat the poisons that are in these foods and the and the damage that it does to our gut, leaky gut, all this stuff. And then I'm personally taking heartburn medication prescription for over 15 years, 10 to 15 years. And I'm asking my doctor, I said, you know, this stuff's not working. I can't go a half day without this, without dying. So the pills aren't working. What's there's something wrong with my stomach. Can we please? Oh, you just got acid reflux. You just need to keep it calm. Well, doctors don't seem to understand anything about the stomach. It's amazing. And I finally got in touch with doctors that do because of their own personal health that, that almost killed them. They had to learn about it. And so they're taking a natural look on how. What it was, it's cool the way the doctors explained this. Two of them did is doctors are trained in medical school that each part of the body is a separate unit. And so they only deal with that unit and they only treat the symptoms of that unit when mm. the body is a system and it has to be looked at as a system or you're never going to fix it. So and natural, what? there's a natural way of doing that, clean eating, all this stuff, eliminating sugar, it, it's amazing, but the chemicals they put in our food crystal, uh, it's, these people, these companies should go to revolting. prison. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but tell them about why your challenges that you've been doing this last year and a half, how it's been a while. And then when I've you're done with them. one, you start another one. I, I, I have always dreamt about doing challenges, 
Um, and I've been doing them for 10 years, but I would say since 2018, I've been doing them quite relentlessly. Mm -hmm. And every challenge kind of sets me up for even better clarity on how to do another challenge. So I usually set a challenge, like my first one was about five years ago and I did it on YouTube and I wanted to kind of document my whole life to see if I was making like the way I thought about myself, the way that I was working in my business, the way I was doing things. And so it's not till three years later that I look back and I thought, oh my goodness, like there was certain, certain like triggers or certain things that I was saying. And I was like, oh great, I've worked through that. Or like one of it had to do with my health and I've lost 85 kilos since then. So what's like, that these in little pounds? Things, that's like 168 pounds, I think maybe. You've lost 168 pounds? I think it might be 180 pounds, something like that. Yeah. You've lost that much? Yeah. Holy crying out loud. You're, you're like, one of those big Samoans, <laughs> huh? <laughs> well, see, I'm Maori, and we're part of the Pol we're part of Polynesia, so yeah, we've got those similar genetics. Well, you got a little bit of a Filipino look to you too. Oh, it could pass as anything. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. I know that feeling. Yeah. So I think, yeah, with the challenges, I would say this year has been like amazing. So I started this one, my latest one, 44 weeks ago. And what it is, is like in these challenges, these particular things that I want to try and identify and work on. Mm -hmm. um, and because the theme was passionately failing towards success, I think sometimes that we avoid failure. But I yeah. think if we're going to do it, what there's a, like, there's a huge difference between kind of wanting to do something and being extremely passionate, the amount of time and effort that you put into something that you're passionate about mm. and then I think for failure I think for me it doesn't mean I'm going to fail it just means that I'm willing to go big and that if I make a mistake or I don't quite execute it well or there's always like massive learning in that so I in, I wanted to start up blogs and so I thought look let's align my desires and dreams to do blogs with mm. my challenge and so every week I post up what did I learn this week was I encouraging myself to go out there? Then I've done my 100-day challenge and I do too many things. I'm a workaholic. It's something I've got to work on. Um, and I'm always doing too many things. And so this one I, I have really been identifying and I'm on day 86 of this 100-day challenge. Wow. I have literally handed over some of the biggest responsibilities on in my life to other people. How but hard also, was that for you to do? I think the good thing is it's been two years in the making so the transition and because I was doing the year-long challenge it, it happened that the business my business grew so I my business is called Maya Dreams and we're growing pretty well which is good but what happened is like we grew so much that the person that's taken over the operations who's mm -hmm. been with me for over three years it was just a natural segue in so I think again it's that whole aligning that we were talking about right. but I probably wouldn't have made the decision until next year. Whereas because of this challenge, my 100-day challenge was like, I need to stop doing things that aren't helping me to prog progress or move the needle in my life. And I actually have to start doing more of the things that I'm actually quite passionate about, that I'm actually quite good. And because of that, I made the decision way earlier. So I think that's the benefits of doing a challenge. Did you create a not-to-do list? <laughs> yeah, I got those. Yeah. Yes, Boy, Dean brings that up constantly. I remember when we were doing the KBB, constantly bringing up the not-to-do list. Yes, and it's important. If it's not a needle mover, get rid of it because it's it's not doing you any good, right? Yeah, and the, the thing is, 
we could actually, like we were kind of talking about it before, there's mm-hmm. multiple things that we could each be doing. And there's Dylan H. Oaks, who you know, one right. of the apostles. He always talks about good, better, and best. So there's really good things that we could be doing in our lives, but there are better things that we could be doing, but then there's the best thing. So sometimes it's not just stopping to do the things that we shouldn't be doing, but it's actually choosing from the good things that we're actually really skilled at doing and actually choosing the one that will actually propel our lives forward. Yeah. Awesome. And I'm trying to figure that out. <laughs> well, and, and that's what we're here for. And this mm-hmm. is what I, one of the things that I try to, I, I my message is, well, first of all, before I go there, I think it's really important, important to, to point out the failure stuff. This stops most people, um, yeah. the fear of failure and the perfectionism. And, and so you, the people never get started because <clears throat> nothing's ever going to be perfect. So you're never going to get there. So you never, you never try, but I have had people in my early years in sobriety teach me a friend that was a millionaire. And um, one of the things that he taught me is the reason why I'm where I'm at, um, opposed to where you're at, Frank, is I've failed more in life than you have. And I'm like 22 years old. I'm not getting it. It's like, what do you mean (laughs) failed? Look at everything you got. I was still very materialistic. And that's the way I grew up is I identified what I saw as being real, not knowing Mm. that there's way more to it than that. And what he explained, and this is what I've learned through my years is all's failure is this is the difference between people that succeed and don't succeed, guys. People that succeed are comfortable with failure because they understand it's part of the the uh, formula to succeed. Okay, all failure really is is it's figuring out what's working and what's not working, and that's it. That's all it is. There's only one real failure, and that's if you completely quit altogether and stop doing anything. Absolutely. Absolutely. So get comfortable with failing and and don't beat yourself up about it because all you're doing is figuring out, okay, this doesn't work. Now I got to go somewhere else. I got to try something else. Right. Yeah, totally. But a quicker way and the best map that you can ever, this is what I try and teach people that I'm working with. If you want what you're passionate about, then you need to set yourself up with the best opportunity you can to succeed and one of those things is this circle here. Whoops, there it is. <laughs> people that you associate yourself with, getting rid of toxic people and bringing in people into your circle that are heading in the same direction you are that will help you get there. And the reason for doing that is because these people have the same kind of dreams you have. Mm. They now know your dream. And because you relate so well to that and you you gain a bond to each other like you do, you hold each other accountable and you don't allow each other to quit. You keep pushing each other and you keep helping each other. You hold each other's hand. You walk through the pain and all the growing pains and stuff Mm -hmm. until you get where you need to be. And the cool thing about that, I don't know about you, but my circle keeps evolving. And Tony talks about that proximity is power, but listen, proximity works both ways. (laughs) 
if yeah. you hang around horse thieves long enough, you're going to steal a horse. <laughs> it's your environment. You become your environment. So if you want a better chance to get where you want to go, then you have to create an environment of success that's going to take you in that direction. And then Absolutely. your stuff that you were just talking about with your uh, with your challenges, this is what I just, it's so important that people understand and break this down. You gave a lot of information in your challenges, what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And if yeah. had you done these challenges only for a week, you think they would have taken place? Oh, or absolutely. Do you, think you would have went right back to where you were. Would have gone right back to where I was. And I think the interesting part is, is like learning when you are doing challenges that you don't have to like. So for my 100 day challenge, one of the things was to give up sugars. So in 86 oh, days, I've given so up hard. sugar <laughs> for 40 days. Right. Maybe I didn't do the 86 days, but you've got to count the fact that I've done 40 days. And so, again, it's that whole being OK with failure, because to other people, I didn't make it. It was like, man, if you make one out of two days, that is one day that you actually did it. You know, mm -hmm. so I think it's also celebrating what you are learning. So I have learned in these challenges that it's not to get it right. It's not to get it perfect. Um, and it's all about making sure that you're just I think the biggest thing I love in my life, one of them is about the consistency of taking action, which is kind of what you just said. If I hadn't have taken consistent action and I don't want to do lives, absolutely loathe them sometimes. Mm -hmm. But however, that is a part of my challenge to keep myself accountable, whether I wanted to or not, right. or doing weekly blogs makes me have to check in. So every day I do this challenge, I'm like, oh, I better go live. Well, what have I done today? Well, I did do that. And it makes me really reflect. And if you are a goal achiever, because there's a difference between goal setting and a goal, goal achieving, what keeps people going, what helps people to go from goal setting to goal achieving is the consistency in which somebody monitors the goal that they're working on right absolutely yeah uh tony talks about that yeah and he talks about knowledge is not power used uh, knowledge or yeah. utilized knowledge well, something like that yeah it's you have to put something you have to put it into action before it becomes <laughs> powerful yeah. yeah and it, it's amazing um but what you've been doing is, and this is important for people to understand, she is training her body on how she wants it to work. She is taking mm -hmm. back the power, telling the subconscious mind, no, you're not in control. I'm in control. Yeah. And this is the way we're going to do it. And I do this with my customers. When, when, I'm, when I'm meeting my customers, I'll see them before I even walk into their office or wherever they're at. And I will see them notice me and start to smile because <laughs> I have trained myself to be positive and they know that we're going to have a good experience and a good conversation. I joke with them, I tease them and we have fun, <laughs> you know, and some days they don't have nice looks on their faces. But when I leave there, I help turn it around and put them right back where they wanted to be in the first place. And so they appreciate, I had an older gentleman who was a retired businessman. I was at his house two weeks ago and we were having a conversation. He knows about the podcast. He thinks it's awesome. And what we, and what we do, you know, um, with, with transforming people's life, helping people, you know, um, 
find their greatness, find out who they really are. And he just thinks that's awesome. And he just, he was looking at me when we we're having this conversation. He said, you know what? And I said, what? I really like your smile. You have a good <laughs> smile. And I'm thinking, wow, that's a pretty cool compliment. <laughs> so just to know that you're just your presence around somebody makes them feel better in their day makes you feel good and kind of tells you you're on the right track that's my payment in life I mean yeah. but see me and you we're also raised believe it or not guys um with the same spiritual background so there's certain things that we've learned I believe that has helped us through these things that we've we've gone to because you know we have had bad moments in our lives and i was actually crystal i was at um uh the second world summit with with at tony and dean it was a virtual but i was down here in my podcast room for three days for that and uh tony robinson actually called my name out five times i thought that was pretty cool but um there's a question that i had had um most of my life i have never turned my back well i can't say i haven't turned my back i've never lost faith in god and my heavenly father but when i was eight years old and this came to me at the, that summit i got hit inside and overwhelmed with emotion and i knew the answer right there yeah. it's like i it was like it was talked to me out loud but it was inside mm -hmm. and i i started to cry and i couldn't quit crying and it was a happy cry though i was just relieved and i felt okay about everything what came to me was when i was eight years old and i was baptized at the church the font was downstairs in the basement it was kind of darker down there and uh, i think they had the drapes closed or whatever but when when i sat down in the chair after i was baptized i remember just feeling clean and then when the the priesthood laid their hands on my head to give me a blessing there were two hands on my shoulders and you know mm. when the priesthood gives you blessings, they don't put your hands on your shoulders. No. I I knew who those hands were. And the room got so bright, I almost couldn't see. But nobody else saw this but an eight-year-old kid. And all the hair on my body stood up. And at that very moment, I never felt more loved in my whole life. And still to this day have never, not from my kids, not from my wife, mm. um, not even from my mother. It was... I can't even explain the amount of love and warmth I felt at that moment. Mm -hmm. And what came to me at the summit, Crystal, was my Heavenly Father, this is what I was told, knew he at that moment needed to give me something so strong so that I would not give up because he knew my life was about to become very bad. And, 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 that, and, and that's what carried me through and, and never allowed me to give up. So mm -hmm. it was, it, it, but when I got that revelation there, you know, that, that, that feeling inside, 
it just it made everything feel okay again and it it was it was strong i i it blew i wasn't expecting it i wasn't even looking for it wow yeah so and my and and with that also um i was given a the greatest gift i think i was ever given from my mother is the power of forgiveness and i was even able to forgive her abuser which was her husband who cut her up with a butcher knife and i watched it at eight years old um my mom survived all this but i was able to even forgive him and what i was taught my mom even forgave him she never went back to him after that or well she did once but that's a long story but she taught me that 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 forgiveness was necessary for me hmm. to free myself from that the bondage of what was going on and that's what i learned um my mom worked with a lot of women and one of the things she said is you're only a victim for so long then after a while you become a volunteer yeah totally. and you talked about that yeah. yesterday in your live yeah you didn't say that but that's what you were saying and yeah. after a while when it's been a couple of years it's like why are we still holding on to this because all the only person it's hurting is us yeah and totally. what, pe what people don't understand and this is why your challenges mm. are so important okay is because when you when and this is what I'm trying to develop a program with uh, uh, Marilyn Wapus um, is working with women is that you know if your car breaks down Crystal what's the first thing you you want to do with that car either check the engine lights or take it to the mechanics <laughs> why are you going to take it to a mechanic if I can't figure it out myself because I know the basic things I would take it to the specialist. And they're a specialist because that's the, what they've they studied and they know everything that, right. So mm. that's what our program is going to be about, making yeah. you the mechanic. And once you understand how your system works, now you can fix the problem. And absolutely. It, I think absolutely. That's, yeah. I think that's like my biggest thing. And I think I repeat it as many times and more for the rest of my life is that we have to know ourselves more than anybody else because it's good to be equipped. Like there's always going to be something that somebody says that will enlighten us or trigger us or help us reflect or ponder. But we are the ones that have to do the work. And mm. if we allow the ownership of our feelings, emotions, and thoughts to be dictated by things outside of ourselves, then we'll be just swaying in the wind. Right. But there are certain things that people will say to me and I'm like but I know myself like people will meet you for the first time or even meet you a couple of times and think they've got you figured out it's like no I've been living with myself for 40 years I <laughs> definitely know who I am and so when people do try to tell me who I am and what I like and what I'm capable of I believe in myself enough that I'm like no no because I have specialized in knowing myself more than anybody else why do I feel that way why did that upset me why do I feel positive about this why did that work why didn't that work you know like oh that upset me well how can I work on that like one of the things I worked on quite a lot over the last six years was except for acting I've always wanted to be an actor so if when all the people came out the gate telling me you're never going to make it as an actor why do you want to do acting I was just like I'm going to do this but if I didn't feel passionately about it then people would say you suck at that don't do it and I'd stop 
So mm -hmm. then five years ago, I thought, no, I actually need to do this because I really love it. So I'm going to give it a go. So I thought I'm not going to listen to people anymore, but it would still hurt my feelings. Right. So then two years, so I kind of worked through that part. But then two years ago, I thought, no, I want to do this and not be hurt by it so then now I'm finally at the stage where people are like, oh and I'm like oh, watch me you know but it is actually you can't just go I'm going to stop doing that tomorrow I'm okay like it has to be this journey that you've got to figure out how to get from caring to not to keep, continue doing it anyway and then learning to not care then learning to get to the stage where you're like I'm doing this for me right. I know I can do it I believe in myself and I'm enjoying the journey so yeah, yeah, we have to become the own mechanics on ourselves. Like I think it's so important. It is. And um, but it also helps knowing what we know. Yeah. And and this is what I would I would tell anybody out there is God said everything you need to know is in here, but you have to do the digging, which means yeah. You have to create your own testimony and stop living off other people's because yeah. this is one thing you cannot inherit from mom and dad, grandma, or grandpa is a testimony. And I'll tell you what happens when you live somebody else's testimony. One of these days, you will be tested. There is a power out there that does not want you to make it. And when you get Absolutely. tested, you're going to fall because there's no foundation underneath your testimony because it's somebody else's. You haven't <laughs> done the study or the work. So yeah. I would, this is what I would challenge anybody, but when, the more you understand about creation and why we're even here in the first place, you will start to understand why it's important to do your own work. That's why you come here. Most people I've heard the statements is I never asked to be here. Well, yes, you did. You just don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> And exactly. that's the whole purpose of why we're here is we wanted to become more like our heavenly father, our creator. So he mm -hmm. purposely designed this world specifically for us to learn these things. And then, mm -hmm. and we also had to come here to get these bodies. Okay. But because there's only something that the body can learn that the spirit couldn't learn without the body. Mm -hmm. And this is what most people don't understand. And this is what's going to help you scale. This body is designed to help you scale and go to a higher level. You're literally, and this is another, um, Spencer W. Kimball said this, we are all gods and goddesses in an embryo state. And that's how you have to look at yourself. You are yeah. greatness because you come from greatness. That's your bloodline. That is your heritage. You're literally the child of a living God. What does yeah. that say about who you are? And people, we don't take that serious enough. And you are so powerful that, and you have no clue. Um, the master tried to tell us this, yeah. which is Christ. Okay. And he said, you are the same as I am. And I am the same as he is. We are the same but we don't believe him. And then when people, when we say that out loud, other people say, well, how grandiose is that to compare yourself? Well, that's why we came here is he, as a father, 
What do you want mm. for your children? You want everything. He has sent us down here to learn all things so that we come to where he's at, knowing all things. This is the blessing that he's he's designed for us, is to learn yeah, all right. things. And when we get miserable, I don't know about you, but when I sit around and do nothing is when I get miserable. And that's what they say, idleness. <laughs> does that it really does it does and when, when, when have you made your biggest mistakes when things were going really good because i let yeah. my guard down when things are going good yeah like summertime well, you, know, you, <laughs> you look at people when they're not feeling so good they don't tend to do a lot they tend to like really you know and i've been working in the mental health unit for the last month and so it's always interesting to see those um, patients that actually decline downwards it's when they're yeah. not doing a lot because you have to be moving forward you have to be growing because if you don't grow then what are you doing well yeah you weren't designed to sit still no. and see and this is what people don't understand i'm just learning some new stuff from marilyn uh she's a study i mean she this this girl um, I've known her most of my life. I worked for her dad. So we've, we've been friends for a, forever. And, um, through her own, own struggles in life. I mean, years ago, she was in, involved in a snowmobile accident where she damaged her brainstem and almost died. And then she went through two years of carbon monoxide poisoning at the same time. I mean, her body had become so ultra sensitive to everything. It just people thought she was losing her mind, but she wasn't. They didn't believe what was going on. Then they found this her. They finally found the leak from the carbon monoxide. And it's like, oh, my God, she really has been suffering, you know, and she's had to learn to go inward and meditate and get closer to her heavenly father to help her get through all this. Because nobody, nobody was understanding what was going on with her. And so she's done a lot of work in that area. And um, it's it's really cool. When you start mm -hmm. to understand how the brain and the body work, you got oh, the subconscious mind, the conscious mind, and then the unconscious mind. The unconscious mind's the body. Now, this is what I want people to understand and why what you do is so important okay is the subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between real or non-real all it knows is what you tell it and that becomes its true now yeah. from zero to seven years old you don't have a conscious mind you're in the theta state you're in a recording state the yeah. this the conscious mind is the filter system this is important for parents to know especially the young ones from zero to seven they don't filter they have no conscious mind. They're and in they the have theta. no bias either. That's so right. So when they I say you didn't do that right, they say, they think I'm not good enough. I'm never going to be good enough. They don't know yeah. that if I just change something, they hear it completely different. And these messages, when they keep coming in like that, they keep firing and wiring. And eventually they become very hardwired. And by the time yeah. you're 38 years old, or 30 years old or whatever, young, 20, you know, those wires, they're so hardwired, it's it's become a habit. And when one of the things that I've learned is when the subconscious mind is, okay, it doesn't know the difference, right? 
It just knows what you tell it. Then it works 24 hours around the clock, gathering information, data, taking snapshots, pictures, memories to back up what you said. And then when you have teachers and other people saying the same stuff, they're in reinforcing that same message. And so you go through your life with these lies about what you think you are when it's not even close to the truth. And when you have a positive or negative thought, there's always going to be a chemical release in the brain. This is where the unconscious mind comes in, guys, <laughs> is the more you have that chemical release, the body starts to become adjusted to it and eventually becomes addicted to it. Now the body becomes the master because now it knows it more than the mind. And now it starts to create situations to happen to get the chemical release. It becomes an addict to what you've trained it to do. And this is why habits are so hard to break. This is why these challenges are important, because one of the laws that the subconscious mind lives by is it will never change a message until you give it enough information that proves yeah. the old message is wrong, okay? which means repetition. You have to keep telling it over and over and over again, and you have to create a new habit, a healthy habit with a higher level of emotion that will replace the old emotion. Totally. And that's what you need to understand about that. I've had PTSD since I was eight years old. Mm. I have reached a place in my life where it doesn't affect me like it used to. Okay. Because I know it's not happening today. You know, um, and when you learn to understand that, that also goes back to what you're talking about with the choices of words that we use on ourselves. Totally. And, and um, people that don't get that, it's like um, when you go to a movie and watch a Stephen King movie, do you get scared? Freaks you out, huh? Used to read why why does time. it freak you out? Because you know nothing's going to happen to you. Yeah. But it freaks you out because you told yourself you were going to be scared. Mm. The, the subconscious doesn't know the difference between real or non-real. All it knows is what you're telling it. And that becomes its reality. So yeah. even though you know it's not going to happen. Huh? Yeah, I think that's the key as well. Like we have to tell ourselves because if right. we don't realize that we've got these programmed beliefs, then we will continue to do it. Like I had to work on my programming and mindset around and my subconscious beliefs around having money. Right. Like I actually cried to my auntie in 2019 because as my business I had just started my business six months before this she goes why are you crying I said if I don't change the way I believe about money like I always knew I could have it I've never struggled like you know my my thing is like if I want to travel I want this I can always have it but actually accumulating like wealth mm -hmm. I then have had to spend the last four years changing the way I believe I can have money, the way I generate money, the way money exists, the way I feel about money. But it's been like a four-year journey, and now it's just as pouring in. And it's harder for Christians because of what it says in the Bible about it. <laughs> it's the root of all evil. Well, it's the root of all. It didn't say money is evil. It just said it was the root of all evil. And I, this is how I look at it today because I had the same hang-up. 
but money's a tool. Bad people yeah, use it in a way to get power and manipulate you, but good people use it to benefit and help others. other people and to do God's work with it. So exactly. it's how you're utilizing the tool, but this is how I look at it. Um, it's kind of like the alcoholic, you know, people say, well, when they drink, it makes them an asshole. No, it doesn't. They were an asshole before they picked up the drink. It just magnified it. It just, <laughs> it just took the door out of the way so you could actually see the truth. They were already an asshole. It just brought it out. Money does the same thing with people that aren't, that aren't spiritually fit with who they are. Mm. It magnifies your assholeism. <laughs> and uh, anybody from the church, if you're listening to me, please forgive me, but I sometimes fall back. <laughs> I'm a little rough around the edges. Some did you see my reel? Did that? Did you take a look at that? No, I went from a meeting to picking up my child to here. <laughs> okay, you should have watched that reel. I'm actually going to go watch and chuckle and laugh, and probably yeah, that, watch it over and over. <laughs> that's another thing that we can talk about too, because for the people out there that are wanting to do their own business or, or their passion. And that's how I like to look at it. Your passion. When, when you're passionate about, it, it's not a job. It's, 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 it's what you love doing and that's why you do it. Right. And when you Absolutely. focus on that, everything else will fall into place. Yeah. You said something earlier. We guys, we had a, a conversation earlier that we should have just recorded that because it was a podcast in itself. <laughs> and uh, we almost, she had meetings she had to go to and we, and I almost kept her there too long. Cause when we get together, we just like to chat, but, <laughs> but we talk about good stuff. Yeah, totally. And um, I think it's important to be, I, like we talked about it before, just who you surround yourself with. Right. And I enjoy being around people like I don't tend to hang out with people that believe in lack. Like I can't do this and I can't do that because that doesn't help me. The and Murphy's I Law around, people. <laughs> yeah, I actually don't have a lot of those people in my life. Like it's I been don't. a real privilege this year to actually surround myself. And I actually had a few people that were like that that are no longer like that. It's amazing. Like I'm seeing them just do some really beautiful stuff and even like their limiting beliefs have gone. Because my thing is, yeah, we, it, it is like a little bit of a unusual, confusing place to be when you're trying to figure out how to do what you love like we talked about your desires for podcasts I was looking at my another other initiatives I'm trying to do it's about the work like people say I don't know if I believe this when people go don't work harder work smarter I always believe that you have to work smarter uh, you know hard, hard. and smarter it is like, hard I don't work believe if... you can just be smart like you've got to do and I don't think people realize the work that's actually required to do anything well like we did our journals that we've started launching this year it took years in the in the thinking then it took us like four months to like organize and make sure was it good did it work is do this, you want to talk you know, about the... that you just oh, created I'll... that journal didn't you oh yes I'll go grab one hang on grab oh. it <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's just that whole thing when people don't actually realize to do anything. So yeah, we created the journal this year. So this is my business, Maya Dreams. 
Um, and it's a 30-day self-growth journal. So it talks about building confidence is not an overnight process, but an ongoing one. Yes. So sometimes people have the expectation that, right, I'm going to do this program. You know, like we weren't unrealistic in KBB and thought, hey, I'm going to do this KBB and then I'm going to rule the world. I was no, going to have like it done lot. in 30 days. <laughs> exactly. But we always need to be doing anything that kind of helps us. So right. seven levels deep I've been doing even before the KBB. I started doing this 10 years ago. Right. Um, and so we created this journal, but it took a lot of time for us to kind of what, uh, and I've been doing challenges for 10 years and I'm getting really good at them. So I wanted to kind of find some of the best things in like my life, like gratitude is one of the biggest things in here. Um, you know, like why do we need to be grateful? Because sometimes I get so passionate that I forget to reflect on how far I've grown. Mm -hmm. So when I bring it back and go, actually, look, I'm grateful today because not everybody has a roof over their head. You know, not everybody's running a business that's doing well. Not everybody has staff like I have now. Not everybody gets to do what they love every day. So I do that. And then it's affirmations because anything that we say positively creates that, you know, creates a new habit. So that then becomes a part of our subconscious mind. Right. And then that becomes a set of beliefs that we have. And then there's things like, so every, I've done this like five times now, the 30 days. So every time, like one of the other things is like, sometimes I have to let go of things. When we mm -hmm. cannot control something, <clears throat> there's no use being consumed by the thought when sometimes you're like, actually today's not the day to deal with this put it over there and deal with that later. Or if it's not going to help us to be a better person, then we've got to let it go. Right. So basically this is like what we have to do. And I've done the same things every 30, for, for 30 days because that in itself then creates a habit. Now, so, do you just do challenges for yourself or do you have a group of friends that you've challenged to also do these challenges? Um, well, my team had to do this. So my staff had to do that. And then we also did another one where we had some of our, um, I think I had a group of eight that did this. So mm -hmm. I checked in with them every day. I sent them a text. How are you going on your challenges? Here's your affirmation for the day. And then um, sometimes they'd comment. We'd have a Zoom. I do lives. Um, but it was quite interesting. So a lot of them are going to give me feedback about how they've gone. And then they each got the hard they each got the hardcover because they did the ebook version. Mm -hmm. And now they have the hardcover. Whose so idea was it to put the dream catcher on there? Uh, well, actually, we have to change it now because we just got asked today about cultural appropriation and with everybody and because Native this American, is, this, is, this is you. I was actually going to talk to you about that. Yeah, because I only realized that today because I we was used to my make those. Did you? Yeah, I used to teach people how to make a dream catcher and you, you would put it up above your head where you sleep at night. And it's well, the catch, I love them. My, it's my the catch the bad, the bad, bad stuff. Dreams. and keep yeah, keep it from. Well, see, I didn't really think about it because I love dream catchers because my grandparents went and traveled and hung out with the Native Americans a lot. And they brought, right. like, there's a, a quote that's in my room. I've had, it's like 40 years old, and they got that from America. And it's about don't judge somebody until you've walked in their moccasins. Right. Or like they, and my grandparents always had dream catchers around the house. So, but I only realized today we might not be able to use it. But it was like that. Why would you not be able to use it? Because it's um, it doesn't belong to anybody. Well, actually, that's a good thing. I wanted to know it, that. Well, the, this is this is what I will tell you uh, and stuff I've learned from certain elders. And uh, there's a lot of arrogance that goes like around or like powwows and stuff. I sang mm. for 30 years 
and people would get upset if you sung your song instead of taking it as an honor that you were mm-hmm. you liked what they they liked your song so well that they wanted to honor you by singing it mm-hmm. this one guy they were you and it's like you don't have my permission to sing my song or his mm-hmm. song or whatever and there'd be arguments over stuff yeah. and then this one older guy come in and he said hey let me tell you something he said that doesn't belong to you or anybody else. It was given to you to share. And when you bring that to a powwow, you gave it to the people. Wow. It doesn't belong to you. So it's 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 in some people look at it that way, but mm-hmm. some people don't. And this is where I'm at with anything that has to do with God. God doesn't exclude anybody. People do. I think that too. <laughs> so yeah, but if you can't share cultures you know i mean segregation's no good we need to get rid of segregation because this is the truth what's your nationality i'm a new zealand maori i'm okay. a maori i'm, I'm italian irish and, and like uh and now i'm finding out the italian part might not be italian because wow. marco comes from spain so i might be spaniard but <laughs> What I tell people this is, be, and this is one of the analogies I use is, what is your nationality? And they said, well, what do you mean? I said, what is your parents' nationality? What is your nationality? Well, I'm Italian or I'm Irish or I'm African-American or whatever, whatever it is. And I said, well, how do you claim that? Well, that's what my parents are. Mm. Okay. Um, so... Do you, do you believe in God? Well, yeah, I believe in God. Do you believe that God created you? Okay, well, then your parents are just glorified babysitters. God's actually, <laughs> actually dad. And that's your bloodline. The, I, I had to tell my daughter this, who is, um, she's enrolled Lakota Sioux Indian at, at her tribe. And she went through some racial slurs at school from a kid this was in grade school and she asked me what this word meant and i'm not going to say it because it's offensive to a lot of people um and i'm pretty out out there i'll say anything and i really don't care if it offends most people but i'm going to be nice and i said celia i'm going to tell you the truth there's no such thing as a lakota sioux indian and she just looked at me and I said, and there's no such thing as an Italian because she also knows she was Italian for me. There's no such thing as an Irishman, a Chinese, a Filipino, a Mexican, because those are man-made culture ceiling. There's only one bloodline that walks on this earth, period. This right here is a distraction. It means nothing. Mm. there's only one bloodline we all come from the same creator we are literally family blood related when you understand that you also need to understand that there's a responsibility to that now that you know and this means literally everybody you see out there walking on these sidewalks are literally your blood relatives when you know that now ask yourself this why would i ever want to hurt my family member this is if we all understood that and we taught this to our children, we wouldn't have the problems today that we have because it would mean nothing because it doesn't. There's a there's another force out there that creates this um, segregation. 
and mm -hmm. governments do it. They use racism all the time. And I'm not saying that there's no such thing as racism. We know there's stupid people, but there's going to be stupid people forever. They've been here since day, day one. You're never going to get rid of the stupid ones, but <laughs> we don't have to participate with the stupid people, right? Totally. We need to hang together and we need to teach our children the truth. And I had to explain this to one of my friends. I told him and I got rough with him. I said, listen, these are the lies that I get sick and tired of people talking about what you just said. You hand this stuff down to your kids. And now they think all white people are this way or they think all brown people are this way. And that's not the truth. You know, we we judge things based on things that we see instead of things that are. It's like I had this argument with somebody about Christianity. They said, well, Christianity has done so harm that so many people. I said, Christianity's never hurt anybody. Well, yes, mm. it has. Well, millions of people have been slaughtered from it. I said, no, they've been slaughtered by men who use Christianity to hide behind and to use mm. as a weapon to hurt somebody else. But it, when you understand what Christianity actually is, it's living Christ-like. Christ never taught that. So it's never hurt anybody. So men mm. have done that. People, totally. bad people do things. And if you're not living a certain way, I mean, I'm not Christian all the time because I've once in a while, you know, I get kind of stupid and I get a little judgmental once in a while. And when I'm having those thoughts at that moment, I'm not being Christian like. So I, you know, I just, I look at things differently. And mm. I was taught because of my mother that, um, and I'm not going to say I don't see color. That's the stupidest thing anybody could ever say. We all see color. When, mm. And this is how somebody of color takes that. When you say, I don't see color, there's, it's like saying, I don't see you. Some people take it that way, and it's offensive to them, and it kind of hurts their feelings. I see color. And, and I'm okay with it, but I don't, I don't uh, rely on that with people. I see deeper than color. I see spirits. I see your soul, who you are. And that's what, and me and my brother-in-law at that time, we used to travel around on the powwow circuit, but we also went to colleges teaching cultural awareness. And we used to tell people that if me and my brother-in-law got hung up on the color and the way we were different, we would have missed out on years of a beautiful friendship together. But when you see two children of different colors, they, they run to each other and they hug each other. It's not until the parents get involved that we screw these kids up. And this is what a lot... We come in there, we, we give them all our fears and our insecurities, and we teach them how to protect themselves from this big, bad world, how to build up all these walls. And then they spend the rest of their lives trying to get unscrewed up from what we did to them. And, uh, and, and that's how I look at it. It's like, you know, I was my kid's first life coach, and I sucked in the beginning. I wasn't a good life coach. I've had to learn to become better. Totally. Well, yeah, it's quite interesting because I, I work with about 500 kids a year between five and 17 years old. And I think what I've started to realize is that people do put all these constructs on 
on transformation and what they should be learning and how they should be processing information. And I think the biggest thing that we've been identifying and we're trying to teach people is that you can't put a child in our program. Um, we're only an hour and a half a week out of 168 right. hours in a week, uh, an hour and a half, and it's over 10 weeks. 15 hours over 10 weeks and then you expect us to transform lives however the tools that we're sharing and teaching are not being implemented by the school they're not being implemented by the parents but you expect us to transform lives I work on myself two to three hours minimum a day and I still have to continue to keep on top of my mindset keep you know right. I have to do tools and things every day I've got to pray I've got to make sure I'm eating well I've got to take time out for myself so to have that expectation on children that we want them to be in a particular way. We want them to respond how we want, but we want them to be able to think for themselves, really. Yeah. Yeah. We don't offer them the space to do so. So there've been a couple of times where we try to teach them how to manage themselves. So like, if they're not listening, I'm like, right, I'm going to go outside. You guys as a group will decide how in like, so they'll be talking really loud and then the teacher will come in and be like, oh, what's happening in here? And I was like, to transform or to make changes in a human being isn't a tidy prospect. It's wow. not tidy. Sometimes like they've got to figure it out for themselves. So they it will be disorderly because sometimes people expect that change and a child is going to be very ordered because we try to conform everything and fit it in a nice tidy little box and wall that up. And like you said, then they're behind this wall because they've been told to behave and respond and act because we basically want to send our children out so they can be... Um, better for adults right. not for themselves like they've got to be like kind and caring and they've got to smile they've got to listen they can't have opinions they can't be opinionated they can't like behave you know which is not in the norm of what right. people expect and so we're raising these children to be conformed robots and that that bothers me and 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 here i am getting judgmental again with lazy parents um I took and dropped Hannah off a couple weeks ago. Um, I know it's getting late and we're going to have to tidy it up a little bit. I got to get up at 530. So, but I, I get right across the street from the school. We're at a stoplight and this child is walking across the street with their head down, their shoulders are all slumped and they're just looking around like, oh my God, there's no, no um, self-esteem whatsoever in this child. And it bothered me. And I, and I pointed it out to Hannah. I said, that bothers me so much. And she said, what? I said, that's due to lazy parents. Mm -hmm. um, and I, and, and that might burn some people's butts and I don't really care. Uh, but we steal so much from children. Any parents are so lazy that they don't allow the child to to work things out, to become problem solvers. Instead, because they don't have the patience to wait on the child, they jump in there, they rescue them, and they do it for them. And now that they're adults, they don't know what to do. And then we wonder why teen suicide has gone up so high. They don't know how to figure things out or how to adjust because we never allowed them. I had a granddaughter, one of my granddaughters, you know, there's stages in, chi in children, stages. And totally. right around two years old, they come into this in independent stage. Okay. Most parents, a lot of parents today jump in there and they, they stop it. Because they don't understand it. 
Who cares if your child wants to learn or try to make a peanut butter and dill pickle sandwich? Who cares? Let them try it out. Let them do it themselves. They will soon find out it might not be <laughs> very tasty, but at yeah. least they did it. But that's they're back to failure. We're learning what works and doesn't work. So we're stealing point A to point B. This is what schools are not teaching. They think that every child is a winner. And that's bullshit. I'm sorry to say. Actually, sometimes what I've noticed is not only that, they only really work with those kids that, you know, like uh, show, show like leadership. But not all leaders have those those attributes that people assume as leadership right, attributes right. or qualities. You know, like I've got a child that um, would never raise her hand. If you get her up and you go, okay, you've got to do this, she'll get up and do it. I've got many students that will do that. Mm -hmm. So what we find is that people go, oh, we didn't think they would do that. I was like, well, you never gave them the opportunity. Basically, you saw that child, gave them all the awards, you gave them all the support, you gave them all the opportunities, whereas there was a whole group of people that were over there that had the opportunities. They just needed to learn the tools to be able to do so. Right. Or we need to identify that leadership is not just being an extrovert. I know many an introvert that was a fabulous leader that had completely different qualities from what people assumed was leadership. Dictatorship doesn't is, make you. What a is good, true good leadership? Leader. True exactly. leadership is whoever gets really good at influencing other people. Other people. And exactly. that is leadership, not manipulating. There's a big difference yeah. between influence. And and the biggest lie I've ever heard is it's lonely at the top. Well, that's because you're not a leader. Leaders aren't lonely because they take people with them. Yeah, they're not, they don't, they're not afraid that. of them passing them up. They encourage it. They they come in and they make they they try to bring people up with them to create their greatness also. That's a real I'm leader. You have to learn that, eh? Because I actually felt a very um, my journey to be very lonely but as I've now started to be able to bring people with me it's less lonely but I still feel there are parts of when you're building your own dreams right. you can't always take everybody with you because you sometimes don't know where you're headed um, and the other thing was like not only do I think parents are lazy which some are I also know that a lot of parents are so they don't actually have the skills so here in New Zealand we've got a lot of the ones that are going through like poverty they're going through mental health they're going through addiction so and then we've got young parents and then we've got all these pee babies so amphetamines we've got a lot of people that are addicted now their children have that so you've got these young early 20 year old parents that are addicted to to drugs and alcohol they mm -hmm. don't have any money they're on f-a-e-f-a-s Exactly. And yeah. so because of that, they don't even know, because if, if a parent doesn't know how to build their own confidence, then how are they meant to be able to show their child? Right. Your children don't learn through hearing you say things. They learn through your actions. Like my daughter absolutely loves herself. You know, I'm like, well, what about if I say you're ugly? But we've been doing this work for six years. She's eight and a half or over six years now. And like I said to her, like a little while ago, I always ask her, what about if I say you're ugly? She's like, but I'm not. But right. then she hears me. So I've never, ever in my, since I was 21, I've never told myself I'm ugly. So your kids will listen to the way you feel about yourself, the way you look at yourself. And like, there are a lot of parents, they are very insecure. They don't oh, even yeah. have the right skills. So that's also a hard part. There's the laziness. Then there's the parents that shouldn't be parents. Then there's the parents that are just very insecure and they don't actually know. So we get a lot of our parents. And it's all because are, of the message that they received. Their totally. parents. And, and it's, it's not, this isn't, 
what we're talking about is not an okay to go out and beat mom and dad up for the way they raised you because they got the same parent message from their parents. This has been handed off with women. But, it's then, ge- but, with, then, but with women with no voice, that's generational. Yeah. From being suppressed by men that your job in the, on this world is not important. Now we were raised differently. We well, understand see, no, I, that. I, you, I had to- not not that I'll go much into it, but I didn't have a mum that was very supportive of me. She was kind of mean, and I won't go into detail in case she watches. But, yeah, like, she actually taught me how to be a great mum because of the parenting that I had. It was awful. Like, I had to deal with the trauma and, the like, the abuse that I went through from having her. So I always, once again, it's got to go back to, yes, and we, we talked about it, and I did my life yesterday. I was like, yes, things have happened to us. Yes, things can be really right. awful. But we then have to get to the stage where we reprogram the way we think and believe things. And we can't blame anybody for where we are because who does that help? Playing right. the victim doesn't help us to be able to work through, to be able to process things, and it doesn't help us heal. So I know that there's all this trauma, and I've got friends, well, not really friends, but I've had people go, oh, you know, but this happened to me. And I was like, when, 20 years ago, oh, I'm sorry, but how can I have empathy for somebody? And I'm not taking away their experience because it probably was traumatic and it was really hard to deal with. But how long do you want to hold on to something that happened to you 20 years to allow that to dictate who you are now? Right. That is just and that's what lot. my mom taught me after she got sober and learned how to take back her power um, is that when you become 100% responsible and accountable for everything that goes on your in your life, it's not saying bad people don't do things to us. But when you take responsibility for everything that goes on in your life, now you take back your power and you take the power away from the people that you gave it to in the first place. Exactly. And that's that's the difference is and there's a freedom to that. And this is what people need to understand now, because we're doing the live your greatness. Have you ever joined my group, the live your greatness group? Um, I think I might have, but I'm in a lot of groups and I get a bit well, busy. It, so check it out. If you're sorry. in the group, if you're not, join it. And it's an, no, I am in your group. Sorry, yeah. Okay, that's it's a podcast. Going it's yet. a closed group, right? But it's also designed for people helping people. I want you to promote your stuff in that group. Mm-hmm. I tell everybody in there promote your stuff, and if you mm-hmm. meet somebody that's in there that you're you think you can connect with and and create something really awesome do that all i ask is people don't leave share your experience strength and hope with somebody else that's not where you're at yet so that they can also do it that's what that group's about it's and i look at it like this crystal there's almost eight billion people on this planet i think a lot of myself but not that much man i can't take (laughs) care of eight billion people but and i think more of myself today because i don't i don't mess around with hip slick and cool anymore he was a waste of my time and Mm -hmm. and i've learned how to defeat the bully and the biggest bully you're ever going to come up across is the one in between your ears right and when you learn how to defeat that bully you can defeat any bully i can go anywhere on this planet and get along with somebody yeah, totally. Because Agreed. I don't allow stupidity to get my way. I, I, I'm going to ask you a question. In this lifetime, what is it that you really want? 
what is your I think I just want to be the God, the woman God destined me to be. Okay, you know what? And make them proud. I'm from a different culture, and I want the exact same thing you do. I've met uh, uh, um, black people that want the same thing you do. I've met yellow people that want the same thing you do. <laughs> if we focused on that instead of the stupid little tiny differences that we see out there, we would be mm -hmm. so much further, wouldn't we? Totally. If Agreed. you were going to tell women that are struggling and wanting to do what you're doing to, to just finally forget about how everybody else thinks about them, start living your passion. What would you tell women out there that they, that would help them? Get I their... think, the, yeah, I think the biggest thing would be like really decide what you want to do make a really firm decision that's what you want to do go all in and keep going and don't stop yeah you can't even and it's not going to be easy you are going to fall you are going to cry it is going to get lonely you are going to see wins like it is not a forward journey without any kind of nobody is exempt from like the pitfalls and struggles and the joys of life so you've got to really go all in because if you don't go all in you will never learn the lessons that you need to to learn to go from level one to level two you'll never gain the skills you'll never get the experiences and you'll never learn through failure how to get better at what you do and if yeah. you stop you just never know how close you were to like getting to that next level which allows you to then get to the next one and if i could add to that you don't have to do it by yourself create a circle of people my closest friends believe it or not are you and, we, and we've only known each other virtual we've never even seen each <laughs> other face to face i and i have these relationships all over the world and it's awesome and i have been taught how to create this support system that actually helps me show up in life and that's what i would say would be important also to to do so totally it's uh it's getting late. I'm gonna have to get some Go sleep. Go to bed. <laughs> yeah. But I I had well, a blast, thanks, and we Always. need to do this uh again soon. Yes. And uh, so is there anything that you would like to tell everybody before we get off here? Uh, a way to get a hold of you, or yeah, and maybe I have after when you get the uh, podcast or you on on live can in the comments. Put down your information, how to get a hold of you also. There we go. I'll do that. It's crystal.neho um, on Facebook and it's Maya Dreams, M-A-I-A Dreams on Facebook. But okay. I'll put it in the comments. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Frank. You're amazing. Thank You're amazing. And I, I had a blast. You. <laughs> you're my Thank sister you. forever. And I, and I, Amen. boy, this was <laughs> nice. I will see you soon, Crystal. You will. See ya. Bye-bye.